This is Kathy Rhodes Sargentio, and you are listening to Diary of a Madman. Hello, welcome back to the Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast, where we discuss everything Ozzy and Ozzy related. I am Josh, and we also have with us today, as always, Mr. Dan. What is going on, man? How you been? I've been doing good, man. Doing good. I'm a little tired. I had a long weekend. My little girl, she's only 11. She does runway modeling, and she got an invite to go to New York City fashion model uh, in Times Square. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a proud papa right now. You know, that was pretty cool. When we first got the invite to go up there and uh, and do this, I assumed it would be something, you know, how things usually are. They're not quite as they're proposed. And I thought we'd be maybe on the outskirts of town or maybe in some crappy dive somewhere. And once I got there and we pulled in, it was literally Times Square, like Edison Theater right there. We were a half block away from where the ball drops. It was just, it was crazy. We was right in the middle of all the madness. So definitely a little bit tired from that trip. But you know what? Totally worth it. You know what we do for our kids. But other than that, man, uh, I'm just plugging along. How you been doing? Good. You know, I really want to just touch on the point that I think it's fantastic that you were there in New York on 9-11. So, you know, that had to be a moving, uh, touching experience for you, Josh. It really was. Uh, once we had it booked and the dates were set and I realized I would be in New York for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. 9-11 is something that my kids say I'm a big sap anyway, but I really I can hardly discuss it without tearing up. I, as most Americans who live through it, you know, unless you live through it, you really don't understand how that day was. But it was extremely special to be there. I did get to see the World Trade Center. I did get to see the fountains where the old World Trade Centers stood. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go there on 9-11. I went on the 10th because on the 11th, they had everything. So they had like five U.S. presidents there and all this mess. So you couldn't really get near it on the 11th. I did also speak to some firemen while I was in town. Uh, right behind our hotel, there was a fire station, uh, Engine 54. Got some pictures. with the, took, My little girl took some pictures with those guys and stuff. And they had on the walls inside of the fire station, they had memorials for all the, the, their lost brothers and sisters from 9-11. And, man, it's just so hard to see. And it hits home so much harder when you see real life people standing in front of you who who lost so much that day. You know, it was it was really hard, but it was special to be up there and something I'll always remember for sure. Yeah, absolutely. New York is my birth town. It will always have a special place in my heart. I got to visit the Twin Towers when I was young. You got to go up on the roof. I'll never forget that. And it's just when the Twin Towers came down, of course, it was really hard because that was like, you know, the heart and soul of our city. I really think it's amazing that you were there for, for the 20th anniversary. You know, on Instagram, today's guest, one of today's guests, Kathy Rhodes, she posted a picture of the Twin Towers from like 1981. And she put in the caption that that was a photo that Randy had actually taken while on tour of the Twin Towers. So I thought that was absolutely cool as hell that she posted that and that she even has those photos. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I would definitely go check that out because she has so much cool stuff on there like that. But that was really a touching to see that also 20 years before 9-11. These, these big imposing structures, they're just, they're just so world known. I don't know. It's so, it's so cool that she still had those photos that he had taken back, you know, like 1981. It's, it's just so cool. Obviously, this becomes the opening of the NFL season, my favorite time of year. I'm a diehard New York Giants fan. 
another terrible outing to start the season. It's kind of getting getting tiring. You know, I love football. I play fantasy football. I coach football. Once football season starts, happy's a pig and shit, man. Did you watch some games this weekend? Oh, man, you know, yeah. Football for me so far is going good. I'm a diehard Cincinnati Bengals fan. And as I said last week, a Kentucky Wildcats fan in college. So it's kind of like being in an abusive relationship because, you know, you love them so much and they bring you joy, but then they hurt you so bad sometimes. Right. The Bengals actually had a nice win. Uh, They played the Vikings and won. But, you know, really the Bengals, they could have won that by two or three touchdowns. And really some poor coaching decisions about cost us the game. They went for um, fourth and one on their own. 30-yard line up 14 points in the third quarter. I just, I absolutely couldn't believe it. And, of course, we didn't get it. And, like, four plays later, Minnesota's in the end zone, and it's a ball game again. I was so furious. What a momentum shift. What was he thinking? That's crazy. I don't know, man. I don't know. And in other news, I know you'll be happy about this. I heard on the radio today the new Iron Maiden debuted at number three, their highest debut in the history of the band. Yeah, I saw that, and I know it was competing to to debut at number one in the UK. So I'm, I got to find out where where it debuted there. But hats off to Iron Maiden debuting at number three on the Billboard charts is just phenomenal. I love these bands are hitting their highest peaks of their career. Now, obviously, the whole Billboard has changed with how people buy and listen to music, but the fact that they're in the top five is fantastic. And you know, typically with bands like Iron Maiden and Ozzy, a lot of that for for those bands are physical sales versus the younger artists. It's going to be streams and downloads, you know, more than one way to skin a cat, right? It's two different methods of, of selling the product, but it ultimately to see these bands, uh, debuting that, that highs, it really is it's fantastic to see. And, and I'm happy for them. So, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I bought it on vinyl and I bought it on CD. I count for two of those sales, which I'm proud of. You're hundred percent right. I think the, the diehard metal fans are still buying product. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, for the Iron Maiden, like I said in the past few episodes, I'm not the biggest fan. I did download. I didn't purchase that one. But typically, if it's one of the bands that I know and love, I, I 100% have to purchase physical product just for my collection. I don't know why. I never listen to them. But I buy them. Then they go on the shelf. Then I download and stream them online. <laughs> but you just, it's just something about supporting your favorite artists that way that, that still means something, you know? Well, today in other news, we have big news in the Aussie camp. He released a brand new version of Hellraiser today, Josh. Did you get to hear it? Absolutely, man. I was in New York on Saturday, and you sent me a message. I said, check this out. Aussie plus Lemmy Hellraiser coming Monday. And I was like, no shit. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard ver- both versions of that song, you know, the Aussie version and the Motorhead version. And there's like a million different mashups online. But to finally get an official professional mashup of those two recordings is absolutely phenomenal. The timing is perfect for the 30th anniversary of No More Tears. And, you know, since Lemmy passed a few years back, it's the right time. I thought it sounded absolutely spectacular. It took a song that, for me, is on my bottom tier of No More Tears and put it nearer middle upper of the pack for me. It definitely changed the whole tone of the song, in my opinion. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. I think they sound great together. I like that they left them harmonizing or singing together sometimes instead of just a cookie cutter, you go, I go type of thing. So I was really pleasantly surprised about that. Obviously, that's Ozzy's version musically. We have Zach on guitar, Bob Daisley on bass, and we have Randy Castillo on drums. So that is a fantastic choice for me because I've always preferred the Ozzy version over the Motorhead version, especially musically. But I'll tell you, with Lemmy sprinkled in, I really enjoy his vocals more here than in the full version. Because to me, 
they're, they're using the right right enough bits of, of Lemmy's voice. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think you totally nailed it. And like you said, they left him harmonizing at times. Coming out of the solo when they sing, and I still ain't had enough. And it's both of them kind of harmonizing right. together on that vocal. That's the, that's the highlight of the song, I thought, man. Like they just, That sounds so good to hear those two. The two most iconic and characteristic voices in hard rock history together on one. It, it sounded absolutely phenomenal. Kudos to whoever's idea that was to go ahead and officially release that and do that professionally because it is awesome. You know, Ozzy put on his Facebook and all his social media, I suppose, it just said, you know, we wanted to have something new for the fans with this release. Let's just be clear. We've, we we kind of have it all. We've got tons of demos from the No More Tears session. There's been the unreleased tracks that have, have found their way out, you know, your, your B-sides and stuff. So it's cool that they found a way to give us something new for this 30th anniversary edition because it's that totally special. And like I said, it made that song. I mean, it, it goes from lower middle of the pack to upper middle of the pack, no question, with, with having Lemmy on there. It sounds spectacular. It really does. And I'll be honest, listening to it really closely today, I'm hearing bits in that weird breakdown where there's like noises and that there's like added stuff that's not in the original. I'm telling you, there's some guitar parts that are brand new to this that I don't know if it got edited out the first time, but the, the mix and master is crystal, crystal clear. I'm really, really happy with the final result. Yeah, the mix and master has me happy also for the release of the No More Tears you know, 30th anniversary Full because that's probably yeah. the same mix and master that we hear on that. And it's that's my when, when the song first kicked in on my first listen, it just dun, 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 and I was like, oh shit, that sounds so good, man. Like matter of fact, I got chill bumps right now. I'm looking down at them, just saying that. It sounded so good, and I thought, just wait till we hear No More Tears on that, the song No More Tears. Yeah. It sounds so damn good. I can't wait. But no, what a perfect tribute. The perfect idea. I'm totally happy with it. And then the impression I have, maybe I'm wrong. This comes out on Friday, which is tomorrow, so maybe I'll be proven wrong. I think digitally this is taking the place of the old Hellraiser. I don't think the, the original version is going to be on this re-release. I think this is going to be the version on the CD. Is that kind of how you read it? It is how I read it, and that's what I prefer. I mean, I have countless versions of the original of both of them. I would love to have on vinyl in particular a version of this version of, of the duet. I mean, what would it hurt at this point going forward? Who wouldn't prefer the Lemmy version with Ozzy over the original? I mean, I, I think even someone who's not a fan of Lemmy would probably tell you they prefer this new version better than the original. So, I mean, that'd be an excellent idea and totally excited for that. Yeah, and the other thing I'm really excited about, and I don't know if you guys – caught this because at first I was just thinking Ozzy was releasing live and loud videos and I have a major issue with live and loud which we'll get to someday I hate the fact that the audio on the video is not matching the actual show that they're showing it's all cut up and spliced together and it makes for a real jerky not very enjoyable watch for me but they have just released four videos live from San Diego 1992 where a lot of that video was taking place for Live and Loud, but it's the actual audio from the shows. And they released Mom, Mom Coming Home, No More Tears, Road to Nowhere, and Desire. And the band sounds on fire. It's just a fantastic live recording, not juiced up in any way. It's really live. That's how Live and Loud should have been the whole time. We all have always felt that way. Live and Loud, as it is, is a two-hour-long music video, and it is hard to watch. As a matter of fact, I've probably not watched it 
in 20 years. Right. And that's sad to say, but like, it's just not one you get out and want to see. You want to see a concert video. If I want to watch a concert, I'm going to watch Salt Lake City 1984 or one of those. Agreed. But that said, the No More Tours tour was probably Ozzy's best tour he ever had from a standpoint of how he sounded vocally, the kind of shape he was in, the conditioning, the set list. I mean, he could still sing any song on the set that he wanted to. And it's kind of sad that we don't have an official live video from that show, really, from that tour. encompasses all that. You know, you really have it from every other tour, if you think about it. You have your Philadelphia 89 and all those. And, you know, those will be on the re-release also, the, the, the audio of those. And, of course, well, the videos also, they're online right now. You can go check them out for free on YouTube or Apple or whatever you, you listen on. So, yeah, I thought that was cool to release those. Uh, definitely pressing the new No More Tears release that, that comes out Friday. I'm totally pumped for I've never had No More Tears on vinyl. So I, I'm normally a CD guy, but I did buy a uh, vinyl copy of No More Tears. It's, it's going to be waiting for me at my local record store. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. The last thing I'll say before we move on to our special guest today is we know we have that whole Live 92 show somewhere. I mean, they have it. And Ozzy sounds fantastic on it vocally. It is in the realm of possibility that someday they officially release the whole show. As they should. I, I, I wish they would do. Remember the box set Kiss put out that time? I can't remember what they called it, but it was just like Kistry. all the live concerts. Yeah. It was amazing. They, they called like five things Kistry. There was a book called Kistry, and yeah, I guess those were Kistry also. I wish Ozzy would do that because, you know, we know, okay, let's be, let's be clear. And I spoke about this off the air with Kathy Rhodes today uh, for the interview. It was off the interview. There's not footage out there of Ozzy and Randy that, Sharon or the Rhodes family holds back. There's just not. Fans always want to blame Sharon. Uh, she holds back on the videos. And it's not, she's she's not. Everything they've ever had has been released. Now, is there some fan film stuff floating around that maybe, maybe, yeah, that, that may exist. We don't know what people have in their closets. But as far as officially holding back, that's just not the case. But from the Bark of the Moon tour on, there are official live recordings of every tour. They have never right. seen a lot of day. I would love to see a box set that has all those together in one. You know, your Salt Lake CD 84 onto your Kansas CD 86, all those, all the way up. That'd be a fun release that I think a lot of fans would really gravitate towards. I know I would jump all over it. Yeah, and my preference would be unedited, of course. I mean, we know the bootlegs are out course. there. And Ozzy's not going to go back and re-record the vocals at this age anyway. So I would love to see those released. I think it's a great packaging idea. And we do. You're right. We have the Bark of the Moon, Ultimate Sin, Norris for the Wicked shows for sure. And now we know we have the San Diego 92 Live and Loud show. So we have four yeah. for sure shows. And probably Chili for Osmosis too. And of course, you wouldn't want to leave Randy Rhodes off. They would, of course, throw After Hours on there. And some of the ones we've already seen, they'd be on the set also. But just, you know, we've already seen those. Well, we've already seen all of them. But, you know, just have them all together officially released in one package would be really cool. We're so happy to present you guys Kathy Rhodes, Dargenzio, and Kelly Rhodes today. It was amazing that they granted us an interview to talk about the upcoming Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for Randy Rhodes. And I couldn't be more excited, Josh, with this interview today. Oh, man. Are you kidding? Like, absolutely tickles me to death. The Rhodes family have always given so much to all the fans. I mean, think about this. And this was something I really had planned on talking about with Kathy and Kelly, and I never got around to it. But, like, what other rock stars ever has passed away untimely? And everyone knows who their family members are. Like, you don't know who Stevie Ray Vaughan's sister is. You don't know who Stevie Ray Vaughan's mother is or Jim Morrison. Who's Jim Morrison's mother? No one knows those answers. 
But for whatever reason, the Rhodes family is so special and they've always been so easy to talk to and so out there for the fans. They have become a massive part of Randy's legacy. And Kelly and Kathy were so gracious to come on the show. You know, they knew we were kind of an upstart show that didn't have a whole lot of episodes under our belts yet. But despite that, they still came on and gave us their time and a lot of their time. You know, we definitely appreciate that. And I just am absolutely floored that they gave us that stage to discuss Randy Rhodes with them and what it was like living with their brother growing up and what it was like to get the phone call that he's going to be a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. So it, it was totally exciting for, for me and you both. It was excellent. Yeah, I agree. They were incredibly accommodating. And here we go. Full interview with Kathy and Kelly. All right, guys, today it's an honor and a huge privilege. Me and Dan feel so blessed to have on for our Randy Rhodes Hall of Fame induction special, Mrs. Kathy Rhodes Dargenzio and Kelly Rhodes. How are you guys doing? Good. How is everybody out there? Doing great. Thank you both so much for your time today. We're really excited to meet both of you and discuss the legacy of Josh and Mai's biggest influence and hero, Randy Rhodes. You know, we're here today to discuss, like we said, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Randy will be, re- be receiving the Musical Excellence Award. And the way they define that is it shall be given to artists, musicians, songwriters, and producers whose originality and influence creating music have had a dramatic impact on music. What describes Randy Rhodes better than that? What, why, how did you guys feel when you found out he was receiving this award and induction? Shocked. We had no idea. I didn't know he was up for an award. Yeah. I got, I actually got a call from the Osborne camp the night before I found out and they said, did you hear from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And I thought maybe they were reaching out to me to do another display because Randy's had his polka dot be there twice. And uh, they said, no, he's being inducted. And I was like, what? It didn't even sink in, I think, till like the next day. And then <laughs> it was all just like all over the internet. So no. that's how I found out. And then so, I called him. Yeah, we, I, we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah. yeah we, it's absolutely we, uh, amazing. Yeah, I was just going to say it was mind boggling that he was even up for elect induction. We had no idea either. So it was completely out of the blue. I mean, obviously long overdue, but. Uh, just what a surprise that Randy's now being, you know, recognized on a national level like that. Yeah, you know, and I think, I really think Tom Morello had a lot to do with it. He's on the board there and he's a huge fan of Randy. He actually has a son named after our, our brother, uh, Rhodes is his name. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I spoke with them after, had a really nice conversation with them. And I definitely think he had a little push in that. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. And that's, yeah, he's, a, he's kind con- He's constantly mentioning Randy and, and his love for Randy and Randy being one of his biggest influences yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's, that's a great very point. Hard Definitely. Well, you know, heavy metal in general seems so left out of all of the Hall of Fame inductions and any kind of, na- of, of popular media. The Grammys. So, yep. yeah, the Grammys, any of that stuff. I know when I saw the induction list and I was going down it and I'm, you know, I was like, yeah, same old, same old. And when I saw Randy's name, I was at work. I work at a hospital working at a cancer center. And I absolutely came out of my skin. I just couldn't believe it. Like, I just had right. to keep looking at it to make sure I was reading this correctly, that Randy was receiving this award. Yeah. And to be clear, it is an induction also. I know early on that there was some confusion with some fans on, is it an award or an induction? It is an induction, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I believe so. That's what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's inducted, like everyone else's, his name will go up in the museum on a wall where all the inductees are. It, definitely. We're looking forward to going and representing him and going to the rock and roll hall of fame i've never been there before even though randy has had some 
displays there in the past. So it's going to be really exciting. Just totally excited about it. It is exciting. And the induction is in October, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think I got word from them that the display won't be up. I think it's going to the first time it'll be viewed might be October 24th. And then they'll have some events that we will be included in, like, you know, at the museum. And then the one with the actual ceremony that will be filmed is going to be October 30th. Yeah. Do we know for sure is Tom Morello in, inducting Randy? You know, I think because of COVID, the whole thing is kind of like up in the air exactly how they're going to do it. And with the Delta variant, I don't know. I can't answer that at this point. Don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, they kind of talked about doing a like a, a, a film, you know, one behind the inductees. But I, I, I think it just time is going to tell. But yeah. I would love it if he did. I told him. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be great, especially if he was instrumental. Yeah, he would be a perfect choice for that. But I don't know. Him, Ozzy, Rudy Sarzo, they'd all be great choices, you know? They'd be perfect. Yeah. All right. If you don't mind, guys, can we go back to the beginning and kind of discuss Randy, you know, growing up and what it was like and just kind of start from and go through there? So one of my first questions was, I've always wanted to know, just living in the house together, what was it like in the house with you guys? There's three kids, correct? And was the house raucous? Was it loud all the time with musicians playing everywhere? You all play instruments, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember it being really wild. Or well, loud. I would say later, like what junior high, it's yeah. getting pretty crazy because then my mom was at work and we'd all they'd be jamming in the house and the police would be called by the neighbors all the time. Turn the noise down. We had a couple <laughs> neighbors who didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And um, so it got loud then. And there were a lot of neighbors that jammed and, you know, Randy would teach people how to play with them. And my brother played with them. He was playing drums at the time. So yeah, it got pretty crazy at times, but so, fun, fun times. So was there an could, age where you realized- You said that it was mostly about music. You know, music would have been the central thing there, but mostly if somebody was there, they'd be there to jam or something like that. You know, but but it wasn't wild or or like you know like all crazy or anything yeah. Because like we lived in a neighborhood, yeah. that You had to be kind of careful, or like I said, the police were called several times just yeah. to turn it down. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, fortunately, you had the music school too. That you had Musonia, and I, you guys played there a lot too, right? Yep, we still have it. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. it's always it's a good room to play, and it's I've been there. It's very big, plenty of room for people to, to jam out in, so I can see that. And you know, we didn't when we grew up. We didn't have a stereo in the house, so you know, the music we went to our lessons at Musonia when we grew up. We all had to do it. It wasn't like if it was like, okay, what are you going to pick to play? Mm -hmm. My mom telling us you had to learn something, so we all picked, and you know, it was just music very inspired in our backbone how we grew up. And no, not listening to stereos because couldn't afford it back then. So I would just say kind of formed our own situation style. Yeah, I think it was a good thing for Randy. He wasn't influenced completely. And then as later years went on, then, you know, of course, then got a little more sophisticated. But, so. but he learned how to create. All of you learned how to create on your own early on is what you're yeah. trying. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy, what do you play? What kind of instruments do you play? We all know that Kelly plays piano and, and drums. Uh, what kind of instruments do you play? 
Well, Randy and I actually started acoustic guitar together. Uh, Randy was like six and a half, seven, and I was a year older. And we started together uh, playing guitar. And that's all I do play. I, don't, I mean, I don't play a lot anymore, sadly, since he passed. I kind of had a hard time doing it, which he wouldn't like. I know he'd be mad at me. But um, I stuck with kind of folk, finger picking, Mary Travers style. And we did used to play occasionally, but um, I, he just went into electric and, you know, did his thing. Do you guys remember a time when, when you first thought Randy was special and he was going to be the star that he became? When he was in Quiet Riot, I kind of noticed, you know, that he had something special, but it really dawned on me until he got going with Ozzy that he really had a gift. I think my mom saw it. Yeah, I think I think my mom saw it, but I really didn't see it until until he was with Ozzy. And you know, I think why is because we grew up with someone who was gifted, and we just thought this is the norm. This is what we were used to in our house, mm -hmm. and we, you know, we didn't hear a lot of electric guitar players out there other than you know listening to the Stones, the Beatles, Alice Cooper, although th those people. And so hearing Randy play, we just thought, well, that's the bar. And that's not realizing until later, like he said, or going to see him in concert and perform like, whoa, whoa. And most of the people that would be at the concerts or performances would be gravitating to his side of the stage. And you knew he had something mm -hmm. special because it was almost like they were like zoomed in on him. Like, whoa, look at this guy play. And wow. we... Uh, oh, that's, that's average. That's what everybody does, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, Kelly, he went with you to see Alice Cooper, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I took him. I took him to thought. see the Love It to Death show, 1971. I think that kind of changed his thinking a little bit. Yeah. I think he realized, hey, wait a minute, I could do this too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember reading when I was little, him saying I went to an Alice Cooper concert with my brother, and that's when I knew I wanted to be a rock star, kind of. Something, paraphrasing it, but something to that effect. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he loved Alice Cooper. Then he tried to kind of emulate that and maybe, you know, be influenced by him, and definitely, definitely. Well, I liked, I liked Alice Cooper very early in his career. Like, he wasn't even signed yet. He was an influence of mine. I thought... I thought he had the right idea. Yeah. He actually grew up in, uh, I know he's from Detroit, but he also grew up in Arizona. He did? My, yeah, my English teacher of high school was also his uh, English teacher in high school. So I think he still lives in Arizona, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. I used to play Cooperstown all the time. He has a bar down here. It's a really nice bar. But yeah, he what a gentleman. Super influential and just an amazing man, actually. He's such I, a nice I heard guy. that. Like, we've yeah. met him once, but... I don't know if you've met him. I've only met him once. I've met him a couple of times. Yeah. He's a gentleman. Obviously, I, I want to piggyback on something you said, Kelly, which is you didn't really realize Randy was the genius that he was until he started playing with Ozzy. And I, I really felt like they, bought, they brought the best out in each other. Like, were you hearing some of those early Ozzy demos know, with, written with Randy and Bob, knowing like they were onto something really special here? Well, I didn't, I didn't hear the record until he brought it over intact, like all the songs were on it. But they didn't have any artwork or, or anything like that. It yeah. wasn't that far along. He would come home 
well, you know, like occasionally. Play tapes. Yeah, he would play the tapes yeah. because we didn't have the freaking stereo. He put the tapes in his in the car, and so he blast them in the car. And I remember him sitting in the driveway with Kevin DeBrow, listening to the tapes and them talking about it and how great it was. And I think Randy was actually really proud of it, you know, his work. But definitely I have memories of them sitting in the car. Don't you remember that in the mm -hmm. front driveway? No, I don't remember that, but it's, it, sounds, it sounds logical. Yeah. How excited was Kevin? Because, you know, obviously Randy left Quiet Right to join Ozzy, and that's a tough pill to swallow for any band when you lose the band member, especially one that has kind of been seen as the focal point of the group. Uh, do you recall, Kevin, how he truly fit? Was he genuinely happy for Oz, for Randy for this opportunity? He was happy for him. He was he, he encouraged it, you know, and he was interested in what was going on and what they were doing. Kevin was quick to point out how many things came from Quiet Riot. Right. And and they and they got re reconstituted and used in Ozzy. But you know, he was he was really he really cultivated Randy's uh image. He cut his hair and told him what kind of clothes to wear. And you could say that he was a very, very uh big fan of of not just Randy as a guitar player, but Randy as a person. Yeah. Yeah, he, so. he really he really loved him. And yeah, and Randy was, you know, at the end when there was problems with the band and the dynamic of it with Kelly Garney and the whole situation, I think Randy was trying to be true to all the original members and defend Kevin and... Yeah, know, he, he, he didn't like to disappoint anybody. He just wanted everybody to get along and it all to work out. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously everybody knows the story that's my mom that made him go with Ozzy. Right. They know that story. So yeah. we don't right. have to do that one again. But right. that's who finally convinced him to go because he wasn't going to go. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and yeah, so, he wasn't a fan of Black Sabbath, which is no. ironic, right? Yeah. He's not a fan of Black Sabbath. He doesn't like Black Sabbath at all. Yeah. Hates right. him. He thought they were a joke. <laughs> yeah, he thought they were too sludgy. Like the... Right. <clears throat> didn't like it. But, yeah. you know... Uh, he was kind of concerned that he was trying out for a remake of that band. And then Ozzy assured him that, no, this is going to be something totally different. Yeah. And Ozzy yeah. really gave Randy the platform to really he did. fly. Yeah. And that's what Randy needed. You know, he needed this. And my mom knew that. And it was just getting stuck in a rut with Quiet Riot here in L.A., the nightclubs. And they weren't getting signed. And, you know, Randy's the kind of person that would have just stuck it out till the end and, you know, been faithful to his original goal in life. But, you know, things happen for a reason. And he just, like I said, once he had those opportunities of professionalism, it just gave him the platform to soar. You know, at that point, Ozzy was just known as the singer for Black Sabbath. He wasn't really Ozzy Osbourne yet, like we know him today. Right. But one thing you hear from all members, you know, all the guitar players, especially, they'll say that Ozzy gives them the freedom. Just play with your heart, you know, do what you can do and, and let your personality show through the music. Yeah. But, you know, Randy, like you said, he didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they worked well together. They did work mm -hmm. well together. They were good for each other. And uh, I think there was a lot of mutual respect. And I think Ozzy realized Randy's talent very early on. And he just knew he had that gift, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they really were great. I mean, it's my two favorite albums by far, released by anybody. They're just magical. Mine too. 
obviously, you know, Randy was super talented and quiet riot as in his time in that band as well. But you're right when he when him and Ozzy and Bob and Lee got together a little later on, the, the chemistry and his songwriting is just it, it just hit another level. Did he have conversations with you or, or your mom talking about how his growth as a songwriter? I mean, you know, was he feeling that during that part of his life when they were first well, sitting down to write? He progressed and it became obvious to everybody like the, you know, the compositions are getting more complicated and it seemed to kind of follow like a real natural progression. It, it worked out real good. And I would say Randy was really like perfectionist about his music. Mm -hmm. Like he always felt like when they did the Diary of a Madman, I think that was, it was recorded within a six week period. And he felt very concerned that he didn't have enough more time to dedicate to getting it done. But look at the masterpiece it was. It's, it's my preferred record, to be honest. I, no, I well, that's that. what a lot of people say. Like, yeah. you know, he just kept getting better and better and better. But he, he just felt like, well, wait, I could have made it even better because that's how he was. I, I've always heard that the solo in Little Dolls was actually his scratch track. That's he true. He never had time to go back in and re re redo that's it. That's true. It's amazing. I mean, just blows my mind. You know, one thing you said earlier, Kelly, was they worked well together, Ozzy and Randy. And one conversation Dan and I have had a lot privately and on the podcast is that in Black Sabbath in the later years, they played, you know, they went down to a C-sharp tuning. And then in the last few years, they went back to standard tuning. So Ozzy, if you watch this old footage of Black Sabbath in the late 70s, those songs are really high. And he's going out of his comfort zone to hit those notes, really pushing it. And one thing he made clear is when he went with Randy, Randy worked with him. That's how Ozzy would say. He worked with me to make sure it's something in my range that I could sing comfortably. And he always created a Goodbye Romance as an example of that. And I think that's a key part of what you were talking about. You know, instead of him being forced to make it work, Randy worked with Ozzy, so it was best for both of them. Yeah, I, I definitely think they work well together. And, uh, Ozzy appreciate what Randy did for him and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's definite. So did you guys obviously know Rudy a long time or a couple of years before he got the Ozzy job as well? Well, we knew Rudy when he got in Quiet Riot. Yeah. Right. That's, that's and now right. he's in Quiet Riot again. Yeah. Again, we saw that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to try to get Rudy on as well here shortly. We'd love to have a conversation with him. Well, he's awesome. Another fantastic guy. Oh, um, Yeah. He's a good guy. So, so appreciative. He's out of all of the musicians that have played with Ozzy over the years is always grateful and thankful for the break he got with them. Always. in every article. Professional. Yes. He's very professional all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Professional. So, so obviously Randy was a huge part of that decision to bring, to bring Rudy into the Ozzy camp. You know, you mentioned earlier, I don't mean to jump back so far in the conversation, but you mentioned how much Kevin was a fan of Randy. You know, a key example of that, too, what that kind of triggered in my mind was the song Thunderbird. You know, people think that was written after the accident about Randy's passing. It wasn't. It was actually written before Randy had passed about him leaving the band. Mm -hmm. And that's, right. that's a great example of that. Yeah. Right. And fly on and do, do your thing. You know, he knew Randy was bound for stardom. He knew. Yeah, I'm sure he knew. Probably sad, but no. <laughs> yeah. Who knows if they would have? I don't think Randy would have come back to Quite Right personally. Do you think? Well, he I was, think he might have come at back. First, at first, he was planning on it. But then I think probably when he was with Ozzy for a while, he could see, you know, there's no returning back. I mean, <laughs> that would be, 
it, it well, first of all, Sharon wouldn't have let him do it. So it was, it was just that that part of his life had passed. Yeah, but I think he saw that. I think he saw yeah. he through it, and he was destined. But I think his loyalty, he would have perhaps like done a gig at you know with the whiskey or something. Don't mm -hmm. you think? I think he would have come back and jammed with them or something. Definitely, but not to go back seriously. I really don't think personally he would have. Do you? No, I don't. A lot of yeah. people say that. Or would he have gone back with Ozzy? I think the same thing personally. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, he was. He was. He never really left Ozzy. He was uh, going to take some time off to get a master's degree. To, yeah, to get a degree in guitar studies, and then he absolutely planned to come back. But I don't think he was going to tour as much. Yeah, he was done with the touring. He had had enough of that, definitely. And um, you know, I think he was going to do one more album with them. And um, then I don't know. I I don't think he would have gone back completely. You know, with Ozzy, just one on one, and gone back to playing with him. You know, just his own. But I know he didn't like to tour too much. Yeah, he was he he'd never been away from home when he, he went did, on he tour. Did, he didn't like you all have that. to realize how young he was and he still lived at home with my mom. Mm -hmm. And they had a really good relationship and he listened to anything my mom would tell him to do. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much it. Like anything she told him, he'd really listen. But mm -hmm. I think he would have really gotten into his classical music and I think Definitely, he would have come up with some absolutely freaking amazing music that would have blown us all away. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. He was that talented. No way he could not. <laughs> he just had to keep going, getting better and better. He wouldn't settle. Yeah. What you guys are saying right now, I'm absolutely just intrigued with. So, you know, so many people try to give the perception that they weren't happy together at the end, that Randy wanted out and... People make the story that it was the you know the worst relationship ever by that point. It had soured to where there's just no reconciliation. And I've never felt that way. And it's, right. cl it's clear you didn't feel that way. Those people weren't there, but I was. Yeah, we were exactly. There. He wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna completely not work with Ozzy anymore. Yeah. He he totally planned on it. He yeah. told me. He told me he planned on it. He didn't want to tour as much. Yeah, he was tired of the tour. And he for sure was going to do another album. Uh, album. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that's huge news to me. Like, I love hearing that straight too. from you guys. Yeah, whoever told you different, they weren't there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember them being in a room. <laughs> you know, I've, I've met, for the listeners, I've met Kelly once before. I've never had the pleasure of Kathy, and this is great. But Kelly told me the same thing when I was at Musonia. You said, I tell people all the time, you're like, I remember being there and I remember Randy being there, but I don't recall you being there. So don't tell me how the story went. And I remember you telling me that the entity that people do that to you all the time. So that's awesome news. That's I love hearing I that. I'm going to use that one too. Cause you know, a lot of people get things wrong out there on the internet. You know, I do the little Instagram that I do about him and so many people, they just say such wrong things. And I want to go there and correct them, but it's just, like they just say something and then everybody believes it and it's sad, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. So many people think they know it all and they try to tell you how it went when you lived, you know, just because totally. they read it somewhere. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's true. And it's hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because he's, you know, everybody's rock star, but he's our little brother. So, you know, we know a different yeah. side of him that they don't know. True. 
That's really true. Exactly. Yeah. And Ozzy always talked about recording four albums initially. You know, he had the song titles and always was talking about he was going to do Bark, Blizzard of Oz, uh, Diary of a Madman, Killer of Giants, and Bark at the Moon. And I, obviously he was having those discussions with Randy at that time. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, but I know yeah. Randy's goal. He was gonna. He was gonna definitely follow through with this goal of going to UCLA and getting his master's degree in classical music. So mm-hmm. He sure. probably would have taken a break and then reconsidered. You know how he would have done it or how they would have done it, and we don't know the answer to that completely. Right. But yeah, you know, I think I'm he sure. would have definitely worked with Ozzy again. Absolutely. I'm sure Ozzy would have given him all the time he needed to do whatever he wanted to do. You know, the mutual respect was there. So Ozzy would have had, I would imagine, no problem with Randy going back to school to get his degree. And, you know, it's no, it's known that it was difficult for Randy because he was such a serious musician and very, very focused and serious. And, you know, think about it. Randy came from home. As much as he loved Ozzy and they got along great, you know, Ozzy was a partier then. He's not now. And that was hard for my brother. You know, he would be like, let's work on the music. And, you know, Ozzy was partying. And that part was hard for him, no doubt. And he missed home. And he missed, you know, being with my mom and teaching and the whole nine yards. But, you know, it was a learning experience for him. It's his first time out in the world. And we led kind of a sheltered life when you think of it, you know. We did. We did. You know, we grew up with in our house with my mom and my parents were divorced and we were so little my mom raised us we lived on a really cool block with a lot of kids and then we went to musonia and we went to church and that was pretty much it in our childhood you know those three things i think were pivotal in our lives so pretty sheltered but you were happy right that's all that mattered you were happy right for the most part (laughs) i mean you can speak for Anyway, no, it was good times, but it was different times, you know, no cell phones, no internet, no nothing. You know, we had a That's telephone true. with a cord hanging, but attached to right. the wall. That's true. <laughs> so they're very different times. So I have been by the house you guys grew up in. And for those who's never seen it in person, you couldn't even ride a skateboard because it's on a hillside. So if you were no, outside, no. you would just take off. Bikes were very difficult to ride. So <laughs> we did it. We just, we definitely did it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Bikes, skates, flexies, you name it. We made it work. My brother lives in the house now. Nice. I live in that house. I inherited yeah. it. Yeah. So do you guys have a personal like uh, composition of Randy's that, you know, uh, you prefer or a favorite composition? One of my favorites is Goodbye to Romance. I love that song. And of course, D. You know, yeah, but there's so many. And when I listen to his solos and some of like diaries, some of those things are like just whoa. I feel like I'm listening to him play a violin or something sometimes. You know. Well, I I, I always liked uh, flying high again with the way he arpeggio arpeggios those chords, mm-hmm. and it, I just thought that that was Revelation Mother Earth is incredible. That too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The I piano work in that is great. It's like amazing with Don Aries piano work in that. I, I like just about all the songs, you know, but I guess Flying High Again. And, That's and, your favorite? Yeah, and, and the the one with the piano cadenza in it. Is, it, was that, is that Mother Earth? Yeah. 
Revelation yeah. Mother Earth. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it that's is. That's pretty. I, I don't listen to these songs every day. I don't. Right, of course. If I never yeah. hear, if I never hear a, a crazy, crazy train, train. Again, that'd be just fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I'm in the same boat. Um, well, Randy triple tracked his guitar leads, and you know, like you were saying, like a violin. His solos, I always felt were like a song within a song. It's mm -hmm. very. I mean, they were just amazing. Nobody has played his written solos like that since because they were they were literally a song within a song I, I think that's what moves me the most about randy i i think that's how solos should be they yeah. should be little yeah. mini songs inside of a song right. I, I think that that's good yeah and Ra randy accomplished that better than anybody yeah i was driving down the road yesterday and mr Kelly came on the radio and i told my wife she's not musical at all she has no clue but she just knows what she hears me talk about and I said, you know, the funny thing about Mr. Crowley is the true hook of that song is the guitar solos. It doesn't have a chorus. It's pretty good. It's the guitar solos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that song's still on mainstream radio all the time because of those guitar solos. Yep. Yep. I read once, I feel like, and I'm not positive on this. Let me see if you guys have a clue. The piano section in Revelation Mother Earth that you mentioned earlier, Kelly. I've heard that Randy wrote that. You guys no. have any idea? Not that, true? That's ridiculous. He could play guitar, he could play piano a little bit, like you know how to make chords or whatever. No, that was that was played by uh, Don Irie. And then the first wasn't the first recording with Lindsay. Lindsay Bridge, Bridge, Bridgewater. Lindsay Bridge, yeah, Bridgewater. Yeah, Bridgewater. Like yeah. Yeah. Bridgewater. Bridgewater. That's it. Yeah. Maybe maybe Randy wrote the chord progressions out, but Lin Lindsay came in and really made it sound you know the way it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Possibility. So it's well known, uh, most listeners have heard the story that your mother, when she first heard the Quiet Riot CD or records, that she wasn't overly happy with them. That, and that she told Randy that she was very blunt. She, she didn't said, tell uh, him to her, though. That's so funny. She, said, she said they were, they, <laughs> they, they, they were the no good. That never made it because it wasn't that good. And that's funny because it was pretty af good. after a while, Randy didn't want those released. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't want them released. He, was, he thought he did so much better. Like, oh, don't listen to that. I don't want them put out. I don't want them published. But, you know, everybody wants a little piece of Randy they can get. So they want him. But he was embarrassed by it. Yeah, he was embarrassed. I don't, yeah. think, he, I don't think he needed to be. The song writing was a little bit, you know, basic. It was kind of like, you know, it, it wasn't the same thing as uh, Aussie music. But there's still some pretty good songs there. Yes, there is. Yeah. And he was only like, he was like 17, 18, 19 years old, you know, and you take time and place. Do you think he would be happy when Kevin re-released the Randy Rhodes years in 1993 and he kind of reworked the songs a little, redid the vocals? Do you think Randy would have been happier with that product? No. It came out in 93? No. Hmm. No, he wouldn't. He didn't want anybody to release them. He didn't want them yeah. out there at all. Yeah, I don't know about that. No. Yeah, he. I remember him having discussions with mom and him saying to her, if something ever happens to me, don't let those be released. Yeah. You know, one of the ways that Kevin uh, promoted that album, though, was that your mother stood by it and that she was happy with it and that once he had her blessings, he went forward with the production. And you know, he might have. She let him do that and then it really didn't sell very well. So we wanted to do another one and she said no. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always thought there was plans to do more. I wondered why that never happened. There, so. was, there was going to be. Uh, there was going to be another one if yeah. she said yes. Yeah, my mom said no, no, ninety nine percent of the yeah. time to yeah. anything. Yeah, she always said 
very protective, very to 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 protect my brother's legacy. Yeah, yeah. she really that's excellent. That that's excellent. Though. So many family members whore out their loved ones for money, you know, and you see it all the time with these new releases and things that really aren't of high of any quality, you know. And, and right. she was very good to not do that. Oh, definitely. So, do you guys still uh, talk to to Bob uh, Daisley at all? I I, I do once in a while. Just kind of curious how, you know, if he still stayed in touch with the family. Do you know that he wrote a book called? Oh, For yeah, it was. I wrote the, yeah. I wrote the forward. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, I, I actually bought the book. I, I did read it, uh, but it's it's been what about 10 years now about? Probably. How long ago is that? Has it been that long? Yeah. I'd say it probably has. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so long. Yeah. And of course, you all saw Lee Kerslake uh, before his passing at the Randy Rose Tribute Concert. Right. And Max Norman. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. We met Net yeah. Max Norman, and that was the last public uh, appearance that, that uh, Lee did. did. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And then also we did, you know, there was a, at that time, there was a Randy Rhodes Remembrance, you know, show going on. And so I got, got Lee, because he was here getting an award for that Heavy Rock Medal mm -hmm. Award. And um, I got him to come and surprise everybody and play. And then the year prior, I got Dodd Narden to get up there on stage and do Mr. Crowley with the show. So oh my God. it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because of NAMM. It was in conjunction with the NAMM show here in LA, which is a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. And then we see Rudy, you know, Rudy always played. Rudy's a good friend. Yeah, of the family. a good friend. So Rudy would always come and play or he'll come here and play if we do a Randy event here. Mm -hmm. Always there for yeah. us. Always. And Frankie's been here. You know, God bless Frankie. You know, yeah. it was really sad. And Frankie's been here. So many of them have been here and played. Yeah. So I know. I was working with a website called Metal Nexus about four years ago. And the first interview I ever did was Frankie Benelli. And I got to say, what an absolute sweetheart. And I was so nervous. I had never interviewed anyone in my life. And uh, I've I play music also. So I've always been on the other side of it. And uh, I remember the editor of the website, he was like, man, he really liked you. The interview lasted about an hour and about 15 or 20 minutes in, he really settled into speaking with me. And you could tell, A, he knew I had a knowledge of what I was talking about because I know the history of the band going all the way back. And uh, he was, he was just such a sweet guy. And, uh, and I hated to hear about his passing and, 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 you know, his, and I work at a cancer center also. So that always sits home with me anyway. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just so sad. So many of them are gone. Think mm -hmm. of it. Look, think of it. When our people, these people that were in our lives growing up, Kevin, Randy, it's like for Rudy, there were so many of them were gone. It's mm -hmm. really sad. It is. It really is. It is sad. So before the American tour, you know, it's well known that Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake were asked to leave the band and they were replaced with, with Rudy and Tommy Aldridge. Do you know what Randy's feelings were on replacing Bob and Lee at that time? Was he happy well, with that? I'm move? not going to comment on what my brother's feelings were, but I can tell you this much. He wanted Rudy, he wanted uh, uh, Frankie and he, wanted and, he, Rudy. and he wanted Rudy. Yeah. And he got, he got Rudy. They said, Sharon said, you yeah. can only pick one. Yeah. Well, what she did was she said that she'd already talked to Tommy and went ahead and engaged him okay yeah yeah but they well and they they just you know definitely i well i heard that that she definitely wanted just just one but i think randy was really happy once rudy came in because he felt kind of like you know the homesickness of what right. he felt mm -hmm. when he was on the road rudy 
was a real comfort to him. True, that's a really true statement. He was so happy when Rudy came on board and um, they had a great time together. He was, he was able to bring a little bit of home onto the road with him. Yeah. To, to, yeah, to ease that, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, and then it's a well-known fact that with, I, there's pictures of, you know, Rudy and Randy, you know, having coffee in the morning and Randy would be looking up a, a guitar teacher from a, you know, in a university or, or something. And he'd just take classical lessons as much as he could when he was on tour, just for diversion. And, the classical yeah. came later. Yeah, the classical in came Randy's later. In Randy's life. That's another- it, it didn't, a lot of people think that he came first. Yeah. It did not. Yeah. Who were his earlier influences before, say, even pre-Quiet Riot? Who was his early influences? What? What's your Les question? Leslie West, Randy's influences. Oh, he loved Leslie West. Les loved Leslie him. West. Loved Leslie West. Like uh, Mick Ronson. I don't want to say that there are any influences because in an interview once I saw, he said he didn't have any influences. So that's the man talking to himself. But I can tell you that Mick Ronson did influence him and especially the lead player in, in the original Alice Cooper band. Yeah. Kathy, then I don't mean to take the interview over, but they keep leading to things that makes me think about certain things. You posted a very nice thing on Instagram a day or two ago about the polka dots and where the polka dots came from with Mick Ronson. Do you care to tell that story to the listeners real quick? Let him tell the story because he's the one that told me. I asked him. Uh, okay. I well, he, uh, the guy had uh, knee pads and, and they, they had polka dots and Randy thought that was really cool. So uh, he went ahead and copied it to the point where he wore them and put them on his guitar and the vest and yeah the and, and, and he kind of kind of took it uh, uh ex extended it but it was because the guy had knee pads yeah you know and it, he started to wear it in the very beginnings of going with blizzard he he started to wear it and then ozzy was like no we're gonna get rid of that 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 didn't stick the polka dots were kind of out other than <laughs> the carl sandoval guitar you know mm -hmm. that he played and still the polka dot stuck with him so so how often do, obviously the the osborne camp reached out about the rock and roll hall of fame i mean does ozzy and sharon check in with you guys every once in a while i mean how how does that relationship look today we have a good relationship with them we don't see them a lot you know we don't see a lot of anybody because of covid so right. you know mm -hmm. nobody's getting together you know ozzy's getting up there they want to keep him well and healthy you know he's had some health issues and but we're in connection with them you know internet wise and you know definitely i talk to the management you know probably on a pretty regular basis and it's all good you know we we have a, a decent relationship and we'd like to keep it that way did you guys ever get to go out and see any shows with uh with ozzy and randy together oh of course well you know um yeah i saw two i saw three i saw it san Bernardino. When he played at the, uh, what would it have been, Orange? The no, Swing Auditorium. Swing Auditorium, yes. I went with my one of my girlfriends and we drove down there. Most of the time it was like, do I want to sit backstage or do I want to you know, sit in the audience? And this one time when I went to the Swing, I stayed backstage, but it was a very small venue. And then when we went to see him in Long Beach in uh, June of 1981, um, that was pretty impactful. Now that wasn't the diary set, but that was the blizzard set. And that was, I think the first time we saw him on a broad scale. 
kind of you know mm-hmm. situation. It was like whoa, we were in the audience and watching that was I remember just being stunned. And we hung out backstage. Well, that that set didn't fit in some places. They couldn't get the whole set in. You mean diary? Yeah, I guess it was too tall. No, that's diary though. That that wasn't the June one. That was that was the December thirty first at the sports arena. At the start of that diary tour, he had that big hand too, Kelly, where Ozzy would like walk out and throw meat out into the audience. And I think they eventually uh, Sharon took that away. I think it malfunctioned on the first show. That no, it's malfunction. That's right. Yeah. And Randy, I remember Randy used to telling stories like it was kind of hard for him because he would say he'd be on stage playing and people thought he was like a satanic, not him, but Ozzy. And they'd right. throw goats on the stage or like, you know, dead animals. Remember that? Yeah. It was, it, it was like creepy for him. Anyway, I remember hearing those stories. Anyway. All right, but we just want to say thank you guys for hanging out with us and being on our podcast, Diary of the Madman, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. We appreciate your all's time and checking in about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Randy. We're all so excited for it. You know, it's, it's huge for the fans. You know, in closing, I just want to say, you know, we've all seen that video of Randy where he says, when he wins the, the Best New Talent Award, he says, I'm just proud and honored and I don't want to stop here. That's but right. now we know he now we know he didn't. He's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and I couldn't be more excited about it. Yeah, I think so. he'd be blown away. I just mm-hmm. think he'd be blown away. And the, I, I want to end by saying, I think the beauty of Randy's legacy is some of the followers I have, they're like 13, 12 years old. And his legacy is continuing with another generation of you know people. And I think that's awesome. And I think he would love that. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you, you for the opportunity. Thank you guys Perfect. so much. We, much. We appreciate it. All right. Take care, you guys. Okay, guys. Hey, this is Josh and Dan back with you again. Uh, just following up after the interview you just heard with Kathy Rhodes Dargenzio and Kelly Rhodes, brother and sister of, of course, Randy Rhodes. We definitely appreciate their time and them coming on the show. But one thing I wanted to follow back up with is Kathy actually took the time to call me after the interview. Kathy called me back and said that she kind of regretted that there was some things she didn't say during the interview that was on her mind that she or that she wishes she would have expressed more. One of which is that she wished she'd have spoke more about how the relationship Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne have with her mother, Dolores, and that how much the family appreciates how respectful and classy the Osbournes have always been with her and the entire family, truly, because they do still keep in touch with Kathy and Kelly. But she said she really wishes she would have spoken a little more about how special the bond was between Ozzy, Sharon, and their mother, because they really apparently always made time for the Rhodes family and always showed their appreciation for them. Kathy really wanted to express to the fans what kind of relationship they do have with the Osbournes. She said she thought more about it after the interview and she feels like she didn't really express that enough. And you know, Dan, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. She was so accommodating. One of the nicest people we've ever, I've ever personally interviewed. She was just such a great soul. I I really admire her and, and just, Love the fact that she was just so genuine and just such an amazing person. And I love the fact how loyal she is to Ozzy and Sharon. And I'm so glad and happy to hear that Ozzy and Sharon treated Dolores with nothing but respect as they should have. And uh, how they still, to this day, really keep in touch with with Kathy and Kelly. The other cool thing uh, about the interview is the shirt she was wearing during our podcast, video podcast, was given to her and uh, given to Randy, but his name was spelt wrong. So he gave a bunch of them to uh, to Kelly and Kathy. But the one she was wearing, I think, was actually Randy's shirt, correct? 
Yeah, that's what she said. She said, you know, that even though our podcast isn't video, we will put a picture of this on all of our social media pages. The best we could get it, you can only actually see the top of it. So we apologize for that. Had we known, we'd have had her stand up, but she forgot to mention it herself. So that's why one of the things that she called back about. But apparently the shirt she was wearing was Randy's shirt, and it was given to them, she said, for Blizzard of Oz. Randy's name was misspelled. Of course, it was spelled R H O D E S. Like yes, everyone yeah. always misspells it. Of and it's so embarrassing. so ridiculous. She said they actually had a full box of those misspelled ones still that are like 40 years old. Right. But she, she's always doing that on her Instagram. She's always wearing like Randy's old stage clothes or just, or just clothes that you've seen him wearing like in pictures and stuff that the iconic photos that we all see all the time of the band together. And she likes to wear, she's, if, if you've never seen Kathy, she looks just like Randy. I mean, it's completely scary to look at her. You just know what he would look like today if he were still here. And she, she's so tiny and she wears his stage clothes a lot for interviews. And, you know, she'll just post pictures of him on Instagram for the fans because it is fun to see those things. But apparently the shirt she was wearing for us tonight was one of Randy's shirts that was given to him for, I guess, for the release of Blizzard of Oz. Or maybe for the tour. I, she just said they. I'm assuming it was for the release of the album. But okay. it was really cool. From what we see, it had Randy's fo- had Randy's picture on it. And apparently had his name maybe on the back or on the bottom. I'm not totally sure where, the, where his name was written. But I thought that was really neat. It really was. And guys, if you're a diehard Randy fan like Josh and I are, and you're not following Kathy on Instagram, you're missing out on a ton. Her Instagram is D-A-R-G-M-A-M-A. Darg Mama on Instagram. Follow along. She's always posting great stuff about Randy and his life. And she's so accommodating. Like we talked about earlier, she said, if you want to reach out to her through Instagram, you know, she'll answer fan questions. That's amazing. That's what the Rose family has always done. I've mentioned on the show before when we, well, when we were talking with Gus G about how I used to speak with their mother, Dolores. And I was just a little kid. And I had this picture I saw online of a business card that Randy had for when he taught music. And I just, thought hell with it i called the number and asked to speak to her she got right on the phone and talked to me like they were just so sweet looking back at that how you know (laughs) inconsiderate on my end that really was but she knew i was just a a child kid a teenager i was actually about 20 but you know and she totally made the time for me and she said well i'm busy right now but if you can call me at this time and that's what i did and she was absolutely excellent and and as are kelly and kathy i met kelly at musonia about been about five years ago now and did the tour and he couldn't have been any better also i mean he's just such a nice guy on those tours those tours are fantastic and i did you know we did address that before the interview began and i don't i'm not sure it was actually in there that uh musonia is still open for tours and and for lessons so if you're out there in the uh burbank area and you want to go by and see the school where the Rhodes family taught all those years is still available to go out there and, and see Kelly and do those those uh, those tours because they are totally worth the time, man. He he is so great with those. He he, get, he takes you literally through every room, shows you you know the chairs Randy sat. They're still there, like the original chairs Randy sat in when he was giving students their lessons and stuff. All that stuff is still there. And to sit in that chair, knowing that Randy sat there and gave guitar lessons, it gives you chills. It's you can't right. top it. It's the greatest thing ever was. And also, please follow Kelly Rhodes on Instagram. He also has wonderful pictures he puts up of of Randy and see Tom Morello on here. So definitely follow Kelly as well. His Instagram is K-E-L-L-E Rhodes, R-H-O-A-D-S, Kelly Rhodes, and follow him on Instagram as well. Yeah, and Kelly has his own thing going also with his own music. You know, Kelly's an excellent piano player, and uh, he kind of goes the classical route also with a lot of that stuff. So uh, definitely check out his stuff also. It's, it's worth your time. 
Another thing that I discussed with Kathy after the interview was over was her wine room. Kathy, you know, her and her husband also own a winery called Dargenzio Winery, and they do a lot of special things out there also. I know they have Randy Rhodes Tribute Night. They often have some of his things on display out there. And they always, of course, play his music and stuff like that you know, for the special events. But that's a really cool place to check out also. She told me they've been closed for the pandemic, but they are just about to open up or to reopen. So if you're out that way, definitely check them out also because I don't have a date on when they're going to reopen. But apparently they're going to be reopening soon also. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, this was just in a magical episode. And we're so blessed to have to celebrate Randy's induction with the Hall of Fame with the Rhodes family. And again, we can't thank them enough for their courtesy and their time. We really, really are very, very appreciative. Until next week, man, this was a great interview, great episode, and we got a great one planned for next week. So everybody, we'll see you next week. Dan makes fun of me because I really don't, don't, I don't, I don't like computers a whole lot. <laughs> so I have an old computer. Who do we? Who do we? Oh, no. I work, <laughs> so, them, I work on them every day, unfortunately. <laughs>